podcast where we interview individuals just like you who are on their own journey from loss to growth, along with mental health experts, growth guides, all with the purpose of helping you heal better, improve mind, body, and spirit, and find your new purpose from the loss and the tragedy that you have unfortunately experienced. Hi, I'm Tom Pasello. I'm your host. I'm a growth evangelist, as well as a fellow widower, having lost my beautiful bride of 19 years, Judy, some five years ago today. Well, I've got a special guest today. He is the author of a book that is really important to us widowers, and that's The Widower's Journey. Herb Noel, he's a popular podcaster. He's a pioneering resource for widower advice and healing. Prior to his purpose-driven work, he was also a successful banking executive, and he does hail from the town where I went to university and had great experiences, and we'll probably get into talking about chicken wings and beef on wick, and uh, that's Buffalo, New York, where we, he grew up and where I spent a lot of time. And we're here to learn about Herb's personal journey with loss, the common challenges that he sees a lot of us as widowers face on a widower's journey from sadness to loss to healing and growth. Welcome, Herb Knoll. Well, thank you, Tom. It's great to be here. Thank you. Excellent. Well, Herb, first, I want to know a little bit. I know it was several years ago, but tell us about your personal widower's journey. Okay, I'll uh, try to make it brief. It lasted for 39 months uh, initially before my wife passed. But on December of 2004, uh, the day before her birthday and the day before Christmas, my wife was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Um, She endured a brutal surgery at MD Anderson in Houston. Um, then chemo, 150 chemo treatments, wow. radiation, uh, etc. And <clears throat> uh, she fought a, a good fight for 39 months. Yeah. And at the age of 52, we lost her. Oh, I'm so uh, sorry. Um, yeah, she she was a beautiful Ukrainian woman, um, and her name was Michelle. And I'm always quick to add with two L's. <laughs> and uh, she has a son uh, who stayed with me and who I'm still in touch with. And and he's he's like my son. Yeah. Um, and the, the journey really uh, caught me off guard at my young age. I was only about 52 when she was diagnosed mm-hmm. and I didn't expect it at that time yeah. and it, I had just moved to Texas when she she went downhill on her health and I was I had a big job with a bank and lots of people working for me but I frankly was AL or AWOL mm-hmm. uh, I was I figured at this point in my life I need to be with my wife yeah. And I I didn't go to work hardly at all for about 10, 12 weeks. And then we when we lost her and I helped, uh, that was in San Antonio. We held the memorial service in Nashville, my previous city of assignment. And I I noticed in myself that I didn't cry hmm. at her memorial service. And I was actually entertaining the people who had been assembled. 
and making light of things. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was a defensive act, mm-hmm. but I, as I look back at it, I recognized I had already cried all the tears I was about to cry. Mm-hmm. I cried for 39 months. Yeah. For 39 months, every morning when I woke up and I felt her presence next to me, before I opened my eyes, I thought to myself, I have to give this woman another good day mm-hmm. because she's dying. Yeah. And I knew it. And I watched her go from a size eight to a six to a four, to a two, to a zero. Oh my goodness. And she just disappeared before me. Yeah. Um, So I went after about four months, one of my staff members, a young lady walked into my office and she she surprised me and she gave me the wake-up call that i desperately needed she said the entire floor misses your laughter Mm. and i thought they miss my laughter am i not myself Mm -hmm. i must not be so then i went to seek help and i went to my church i'm a catholic i went to the VA, because I'm a disabled vet. And I went to Barnes and Noble. Hmm. And I walked up to the clerk and I asked the clerk, tell me what you have for a new widower. Mm -hmm. He looked on his search engine, he typed in widower, he looked up at me and he said, Mr. I don't have a thing for you. Oh, my goodness. And I said that it can't be. And he says, let's go look at that bookcase. So we go to the bookcase. And there were 50 titles there. I counted them. 15, every one of them written for widows. Mm-hmm. Not one book for widowers. Now, I had been published in the past. And I said, well, somebody better write this damn book, and it might as well be me. Mm-hmm. So before I left Barnes & Noble that day, I rededicated my life to widowers. Mm-hmm. And within a year, I resigned my 38-year career I walked away from it mm-hmm. to do it. Wow. And I researched the world of widowers for eight or nine years, and it was tedious. Uh, people used to say, are you ever going to publish this book? But I, what I wanted to get is not just the condition or the world or uh, around of widowers the year one and two. I want to know what happened to them year five and six. Mm-hmm. You know, what is the long-term life expectancy of a widower? And, and what challenges will they face anew that they didn't face in year one or two? Mm-hmm. And that's what I was able to uncover. And then yeah. we published the book and many other things since then. And Herb, I would agree with you because when I did the search, your book was one of maybe two or three that came up. And there were more books to my astonishment, as you said, on widows, which you'd expect. There were definitely more widows, about four times as many as us men. But there are more books on how to date a widower than there are to help a widower. And that blew me away. Yeah. I, I, 
I was struck when I realized that the UN in 2010 passed a resolution, the the International Day of the Widow, <laughs> June 25th. Yep. But they didn't do anything for men. Yeah. Nothing. Yep. That's so tragic. Yeah. Now, granted, um, there are about 260 million widows worldwide, but my estimates, and I could not find worldwide figures on the men, but using the U.S. numbers and adjusting it slightly for world experience, you're probably looking at widowers in the 50 million range worldwide. And that's, that's yeah. a decent group that probably we should have our own day since there's a day for tacos and <laughs> burritos day and certainly a margarita day, um, you know, yeah. and there's things to celebrate, but there's also things to care about. And, you know, widowers are definitely, I think, a forgotten group. I, I find it interesting when I ask people, can you name a widower? And their faces go still hmm. and they, they can't. And then five minutes later, they'll come back to me and they'll say, wait a minute, the man down the street or the man at church or the man at work or, or whatever, but they're not top of mind. Yeah. And in, in Americans particularly are not sensitized to the needs of widowers. Mm -hmm. We don't teach our children anything to help the widowers. Mm -hmm. Um, and it and it's interesting that there are millions of widowers in America, but nobody can name them. Yeah, <laughs> there is one herb it's, that it's, everyone should know and know his story pretty well, and that is our president Joe Biden is a widower. Uh, he lost his right. wife and and uh, two children in a tragic car accident. Um, but like well, most men, oh, go ahead, Herb. Well, to add to that, there have been. Uh, how, how many presidents are there? 46? Yeah, 46. And there have been 17 widowers among the U.S. presidents. Hmm. That beats all the odds. Mm -hmm. All the odds. Yeah. Because the, it, the, it's after, actually it's one in five men will be widowed. Mm -hmm. And this is more like one third. Yeah, yeah. And maybe there's something I know, I don't know about you, because I know you were a business person for a long time. I was an entrepreneur for a long time. I think there's something that I learned that all of those years of business and running companies and leading teams never taught me through this process. Um, the empathy, the transparency, the sharing, the vulnerability that we do, if we embrace the process, it's, it's a painful one, but if we embrace it, if we grow through it, I do believe that our character as widowers and our renewed purpose can be very, very powerful. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. As you've illustrated with your renewed purpose in the book and, and, the, and the widowers support network that you created, talk a little bit about why that was an important element of what you sought to create and found was not just write about this and do it about the complete journey, which I agree. It wasn't, it's not about the first 365, which is important. And there's an author that wrote a book on that. And about those first couple of years can be really 
traumatic. And there's authors that have written and focused on that. You definitely encapsulated this whole journey. But one of the other big things that you did was you went and, and sought to create a support network and a support group. Why is it so important that we have fellow brothers to lean on through this process? Well, uh, men have this thing called egos mm -hmm. and they get in the way of progress. So men always feel that they have to be strong. And when, when they're always asked, how you doing after being widowed? And the general answer is I'm fine. Mm -hmm. Well, no, they're not fine. They're not even close to being fine. They're a wreck. They're mm -hmm. vulnerable. Um, and <clears throat> they not only feel they need to shelter themselves from inquiring minds, but they, they, they don't make new friends easily. Mm -hmm. Men, very few men, very few men have childhood buddies as they age. Mm -hmm. their, their contacts are their coworkers, their customers, their wife, maybe a neighbor, generally speaking. But, but I encourage them to not turn away the help that is offered. When people who are sympathetic, who are grieving, mm -hmm. the, the, the same loss that you're grieving, but it's a different relationship and they want to help. And in, in the name of the lost lady, they want to lend their hands and sweat and, and maybe some money. But the men say, no, no, I'm, I'm fine. That's all right. Mm -hmm. You can go away. Well, then later on, they complain about being lonely. Mm -hmm. Well, hello. Hello. That's the number one complaint. I hear from my men. I have 2,000 mm -hmm. men that I support. Number one complaint, the stillness in the house, mm -hmm. the, the, the quietness. Some men solve it by putting their wife's perfume on the pillow next to them. Um, some of them cook their wife's favorite dish mm -hmm. in remembrance. Mm -hmm. But the, if they're lonely, why did you chase all those people away? Well, so you need to be a little vulnerable, mm -hmm. a little vulnerable, and invite those people into your life and let them do anything that they feel that they can contribute. Yeah. If I had well, a, a, a wish come true, it would be that the men would slow down on their eagerness to repair their lives. Mm -hmm. Because men are fixers. Mm-hmm. So let me get, let me share a, a short story that my brother experienced. He was on a plane and his wife was seated next to him. And she leaned over to him and said, the little boy behind me is kicking the back of my seat. Mm -hmm. Well, my brother's a fixer, like all men. So he looked over the top of his seat, looked at the little boy and said, knock it off. The wife leans over next to my brother and says, what'd you do that for? <laughs> and he said, well, you told me he was kicking your seat. It, and she said, well, yes, he was kicking my seat. I didn't want you to do anything. I just wanted to tell you about it. <laughs> That's a true story. Yeah. Men are fixers. And when they're widowed, they see themselves as being broken. Mm -hmm. So what's missing? My cook, 
my lover, my dance partner, my travel partner, maybe all of the above. I got to I got to find a woman. Mm-hmm. Then the women rush out. No, then the men rush out. And a high, high percentage of them marry the first or second woman they did. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with playing the field? You know, that used to be a common phrase when we were a kid. I had a new girlfriend every month you know, when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. And but these men that they, they're they're impulsive and they've got to make that replacement. So they propose. And I tell them, when your wife died, there was no financial impact other than maybe some lost wages. Mm-hmm. But if this doesn't work out, it's going to cost you a whole lot more. Mm-hmm. And do you realize that? Now tell me. or rather what I would say to them is you don't know what you don't know about this lady. (laughs) She could have a brother getting ready to be released by a federal penitentiary and needs a place to stay. And he's going to, he wants to stay with you. She may like traveling to Tahoe for vacation and you like going to New York city (laughs) and there's a conflict. She may have a drug dependency. She may have been bankrupt. And by the way, you need to disclose what your hangups are too, because when you're 19, you don't have much baggage. But when you're 40, 50, 60, you have all sorts of- It's baggage. a lifetime, yeah. A lifetime of baggage. Mm-hmm. And, and baggage that can cause serious problems down the road. And that's why half of the men who marry get divorced. Yeah. When and they we, pay- Yeah, dearly, dearly. right, yeah. And Herb, when we're in this kind of experience of grief, our brains are not functioning completely. Um, The amygdala is overloaded. Our emotional brain is in charge and in some ways is disconnected from our logical and our thinking part of the brain, which is why the advice of professionals and of you in your book and of me in my writing is try not to make those big decisions right away. And if there are any big decisions to be made, really slow them down dramatically compared to what and if she loves you. If yeah. she truly loves you, she'll, she'll wait. wait. Yeah, she'll wait. In in my book, I have a gentleman, I, I profiled 40 men who mm-hmm. were all widowed. Two of them were brothers, and both of them were double widowers. Wow. Four sister-in-laws and one family lost. Oh, my goodness. But I had another gentleman who was a stockbroker. So he knows money. Mm-hmm. And when he got when he became widowed, he married within a year and a half mm-hmm. to a, pre- a predator. Mm-hmm. And I met him at one of my speaking engagements, and he walked up to me afterwards and handed me a phone number on a piece of paper, and he says, call me. Mm-hmm. So I called him a few days later. And he said, I want to share my story with your readers so they don't get hurt the way I did. Mm-hmm. His new wife spent $1.2 million in two years. Wow. He never saw it coming. Yeah. Because yeah. he was a smart vulnerable. guy, right? Absolutely smart guy who works with different people all the time and yet didn't see it coming because we are, we're blinded by those emotions. And that hole is one that's serious within our heart when we do lose our loved one. And we didn't choose to be alone. 
So we tend to want to fill right. that, right? Which is the difference from when we were 19, where we didn't know that we loved that partnership. I mean, many of us love the partnership that we have and loved our, our late wives. We do want to fill that hole, but you do have to be very cautious. And I would say that you have no idea who you are, what your new identity is, what your new purpose is, and or what you even need or want in a woman at this stage, post the loss and now at heading into your new life. And you got to figure that out before you select that partner ultimately and do it with purpose and caution. There's a, there's a new book out this year called The Grieving Brain. Yes. And well, in and it, I, the author, pardon? I, I got to interview uh, the author of it as well. Oh, you did? Okay, yeah. great. All right, great. Well, then, then, then you know the story about that, so. Yeah, yeah, um, no, it's, it's fantastic. It, it, Go t tell what you highlight, what you were going to highlight in it, because it is fascinating research. Yeah, well, I I um, I was struck by how the anatomy and the the flow of blood enables the brain to function properly, and some of our best characteristics may be shut down for the lack of blood flow. And it, there's 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 science scientific reasons why some people grieve longer. Mm -hmm. uh, and some and react in certain ways. So the best thing that they could do is surround themselves with what I refer to as an advisory board mm -hmm. and pick out, you know, three or four or five people that you truly trust that you can be candid with and have them coach you and mm -hmm. watch over you and share your story and share your weekly journal with them or whatever you're logging. And they can give you the alerts that maybe you're not able to come up with on your own. But you have to believe in the science. Mm -hmm. and, and I do. <laughs> yeah, um, I do as well. Yeah, I, I think that the key there is you're likely alerting on things that you don't even understand, which are the things we're being triggered by all the time, right? Your amygdala is alerting, your alarm system within your body is alerting on things that are causing the grief and the emotions and the fight, flight, freeze, or fawn kind of aspect is manifesting itself. And then you're not alerting on some of the things that you probably should be alerting on because your mind is consumed with these other emotional overloads. So you're overlooking warning signs in people around you or situations around you or things like that. And it's just not a time to make big decisions, whether that be a job change, um, whether that be, um, which you did, right? Which is, you know, soon after you went and changed it, but it worked out amazing for you. Um, selling a home is something I've seen a couple of widowers do, and some have been successful in that, and it's been really helpful. Others, they wind up later regretting it. Uh, or the relationship issue, which is another one. Talk about big decisions and your advice there. Is it, it could all come back to the advisory board? No, not all. But, but there's always some that present a deeper challenge. Mm -hmm. uh, that you, I mean, I'm... 72 years old, I still take advice from my mentors. Mm -hmm. I have three mentors who are still alive and they, they are my sounding board 
I'm thinking about this. What do you think? And and I, I don't pretend that I know everything. I don't know nearly what I wish I knew. And that's why I have friends, smart mm-hmm. friends who can counsel me. Yeah. I think the key there is, and we've seen this, and you talked about this, Herb, where as men, we tend to, we want to brush it off. We want to f- be tough and strong. We don't want to have that weakness. And sometimes we don't seek the help or the advice that we should. And it, it can create this issue where then you're relying on your own brain, but your own brain is compromised at this point. Yeah, I <clears throat> I had a man who became engaged to a woman after a couple weeks. And then she smartened up and called it off. And then he was engaged to another woman within one week. Wow. You know, and I, and I was actually so concerned about him that I called him Mm -hmm. and I said, are you thinking clearly? Do you realize what you're doing? And he says, oh yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Well, they married and it blew up. Yeah. And, and he actually came on my Facebook page and admitted it. Yeah. You know, he was humble, but, but he wanted to pass the lesson on that. Even when you think you're in good shape and your decision thinking is clear, it may not be. So if it involves money, if it involves relationships, if it involves your children, if it involves the in-laws or the friends, the mutual friends that you shared with your wife, and you want to be accepted with their new lady, you know, you, you have to take care. It's not just about you. And it hurts maybe in a certain way for you, but there are other people hurting too, because your wife was probably loved by many. Yeah. And there's work that you have to do. I I know, Herb, when I lost my wife, it had been 25, maybe 28 years since the last date I had. Um, Herb, I'm sure it was a long time for you too, right? The, The world has changed. Uh, There's new rules, including online and other things like that, where, again, predators reign. Um, So there's extra caution to be involved. But there's homework that you need to do. There's a book called uh, Getting to Commitment. That's a good book that I recommend. There's a book um, on boundaries and this whole series of book on boundaries and setting boundaries. You really have to do your homework to be ready, I think, to go and date effectively. and that includes inward work to understand who you are now and, and what you need in that partner, including what I did was I created a whole new value statement for myself and then a companion value statement for what I was seeking in a, a significant other or a partner. I can tell you I didn't do that right away, though. And there were a couple of um, questionable relationships as a result of that. Well, that, that's good. That means you're getting the bumps out. I mean, yeah. you know. And, and yeah. you're right about that, Herb. You said, you know, kind of get out there. And I think there, there are, you know, as long as you're cautious, you do have to, you know, go out and not be afraid to make some mistakes at times um, and to give yourself grace about that. I had one man <clears throat> tell me that he had a date that same day. He had already met the woman previously mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. was, quite excited about his date that was coming up. But then he said to me, 
but she's not like my wife. And I said, good. Yeah. Good. You, yeah. you, you don't want the same. You want your, your the memories of your wife to be captured solely by, for her. Yeah. You, the new woman is going to feel different in your arms. When you kiss her, it'll, her lips will taste different. She'll have different taste in food, mm-hmm. different likes in music, decorations, travel destinations. I mean, you want that difference. Yeah. And and you want to experience life and not not keep on coming back to uh, what was. And, it, and if you doubt that for a moment, how would you like her to compare you to her previous husband? Yeah. You and I like think that's a mistake, Herb, that many make is they try to recreate that relationship they had and they try to find a an exact replacement. And I actually think it's better to go much, much different, you know. Um, if you're, if you were married to someone who was, um, kind of bohemian, crunchy granola, go to someone who's a little bit more, you know, buttoned down maybe, or vice versa. You know, if you dated someone (laughs) who was more, you know, more into the mall, then go to someone who's more into yoga or again, the opposite. I think finding that is, you know, you've got this opportunity now to explore a little bit. And like you said, keep that memory pure of your wife by looking for something perhaps different rather than the same. In, in my book, I, I tell the tale of a, a beautiful couple and their last name is sweet S W E E T. And the two of them met at a, at a reunion of survivors of those U S lost in combat. Mm. So, so the lady lost her husband in Iraq. Mm. The gentleman lost his wife in Afghanistan. And they were so remarkable when I interviewed them that she is the only woman interviewed in my entire book. Mm. And, and I said, do you have some kind of advanced degrees in PhD psychology that you were able to pull this off? And she's not even a college grad. Yeah. At least I don't believe she is. <clears throat> but they, they took great care to protect the identities of their fallen spouses. They celebrate their birthdays. They celebrate the day that they pass. They, they were, uh, if one, one of them was married on the first of the month and the other one was married on the third of the month, they got married on the second, mm-hmm. right in between the two. Uh, they, are, they take care to be in touch with the in-laws of the fallen person. Mm-hmm and you know, in, include them in everything that they do. They're just a beautiful couple. And it's because they they did their due diligence and they know what they have. And they they don't try to pretend that they don't know the who the fallen people were. They mm-hmm. actually talk about it. Mm-hmm. They talk about it with the children. And your daddy was a great soldier and he was a brave soldier and your mother was a great soldier. And, and it's, just, it's just gorgeous, a uh, yeah. gorgeous story. And no threat from it, right? No, no issues with it. And I think that that's good because then the heart can expand in the new relationship without worry about erasing the memory of the past, which in the widower or widow's mind, that doesn't occur anyway. One of the early lessons that I learned on my journey is that the human mind suppresses the painful memories 
and sends them to the rear of the room. <laughs> and up in front stage becomes the new cherished memories, <laughs> the, the memories of love and of happiness and of cheer and goodwill. And you, you will think about the painful memories less and less with every passing year. <laughs> and that, that holds up for me. Uh, I rarely think about the rough days. Yeah. And now I just have the sweet memories left. Yeah, me too. And and that's good for those who are suffering from recent loss to understand that it does get better and you will. Uh, a lot of the painful memories, the thoughts of those last few days and some of the, like you said, the wasting away that occurred with your wife, um, those memories dissipate and the beautiful memories of those special days and special occasions, or even the little things that you enjoyed about them. Those are the ones right. that come to mind. So I, I love that. Yeah. Absolutely love it. I, now. Okay. I'd like to share with you one dominant belief that I have. Mm -hmm. And that is people who are grieving and we'll talk about men, men who are grieving can't fix grief by focusing on the grief. Mm -hmm. Everything mm -hmm. in their life has to be in good working order. Their finances, their relationships with their children, their relationships with their in-laws, with their mutual friends, with their wife, their relationship with the almighty, if they're a church believer, mm -hmm. uh, the, their employment has to be secure. The house payment has to be have made last month. I mean, everything has to be in good working order. Otherwise, you're going to be continually pulled back into always oh, me. Why did she leave so soon? I'm mad at God. He took her too soon. Mm -hmm. I mean, all these negatives because you're you're crippling along mm -hmm. and you're not getting anywhere. So you have to pay attention to everything. Mm -hmm. And in that regard, I came up with some steps, 15 steps that people need to take. And if you want to email me and uh, I'll be happy to send you a copy of it. Yeah. Uh, but it's herb at widowers support network.com. And herb will include the, the other thing I like in the meeting notes. Yeah. I'm sorry. I said, we'll include that email the in the meeting. Okay. The other thing I'd like to mention is that the men who are lonely get off the couch. Mm -hmm. Just get off the couch. It's off limits from now on. And you need to get out and mix with people. And I don't care if you volunteer for the Red Cross or the Little League baseball team or your church or the YMCA or a food bank, but mix with people. Don't volunteer with something that's alone, like transporting uh, pets <laughs> in your car. No, that doesn't get you where you want to go. Mm -hmm. And and you will discover accidentally, when you least expect it, that you have made progress. <laughs> and when you look back, particularly if you're journaling, and you look back at your journal, several months back, you're going to say, my gosh, I can't believe I've traveled so far on my journey. And I am making progress. And like those memories, the, the good ones will come forward. But uh, so many men just stay on the sofa. Mm -hmm. And and 
and they complain. Well, you have nothing to complain about because you're yeah. your own worst enemy. And even if you have and, social anxiety and, or you, you, you're more of an introvert, there are still ways to get out and meet and mingle and overcome that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and one of the things that we have, and, and I'll, I'll tell the, your audience about it, is my group of 2,000 widowers, you can bring any question to them mm -hmm. and not be judged. Mm -hmm. And they will give you their, the, they, the, the 2000 that have something to say about it will offer you free of charge, their best practices to fix your problem. And it's, it's a pretty defined list of questions that frequently come up every once in a while we get something strange, but like they'll ask, like, what did you do with the wedding ring? Okay. You know, and do you have your wife's picture up in the house? Mm -hmm. Well, Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's pretty, pretty standard. Uh, death is not new. It happens all the time. It's part of living. And um, the, the, the men can, can help one another tremendously because they've been there. Mm -hmm. And they, they understand the men's psyche and how he wants to protect his image of being strong. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is so a we private group. Yeah, it's a private group, which I think is important. Um, and I've seen very specific questions and situations get posed to the men in the group and great advice, frank advice being delivered. Yeah. Um, no, no holes barred in some instances, but, and, but very sensitive as well. And people sharing their own mistakes and their own issues openly, which I think is great. You know, what, you know what's interesting is when the men have a question and others comment, they never reveal, the, the men who comment, their age. Mm -hmm. So you could be a 32-year-old widower advising a 72-year-old widower, and they accept it. Mm -hmm. They accept it, the advice because... You qualify in our club. You are a widower. That's yeah. the only price of admission. And it's interesting that in many walks of life, you wouldn't take critical advice from someone so much younger who's inexperienced. But in this in this leg, it, it works just fine. They, yeah, they might never, be. Yeah, they might be two years ahead. Experience. Yeah, they might be two years ahead in the journey, three years ahead, have stumbled themselves and are providing just that advice that you need. And I've seen that in the uh, in the yeah. in the message chains. Herb, thank you for creating that resource. Thank you for creating the book, The Widower's Journey. We have it in our recommended book list. There it is. And here's my copy as well. We're both holding it up. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely. I've got it right here. It's a great book. I highly recommend it. Please join um, the Widower Support Network. I participate in it. I'll post videos and other things. There are other um, pundits like us who've been through it, who are sharing our experiences. There are just other men who've been through it, who have an opinion about what you've got. And it's a great way to get some of these key questions and key issues out there if you don't have that trusted advisor or that advisory board, or even if you do post the question to the network, 
see what you get back, post the question to your friends, compare notes, and it's a great way to maybe improve some of our decision-making and certainly improve the journey and make it a little less bumpy. I should mention the 2,000 widowers come from 38 countries. Wow. So you have different cultures on also. Yeah. Uh, so that makes it interesting. And soon we're going to have you contributing as a member of our editorial team. Yeah, I so love that. See, you'll see Tom's uh, brilliance on our page, the Widowers Support Network members only. That's yes. the page for men. Uh, and there's a public page for women and men called the Widowers Support Network. Can I just also mention um, my website? Mm -hmm. I have over 300 articles written by widowers or subject, mat uh, subject matter experts that are just terrific. And there's a search engine. You can search it by the kind of topic like dating or degree mm -hmm. for health or moving forward forgiveness. And it's widowerssupportnetwork.com. That's widowerssupportnetwork.com. Yep. In the transcript, in Thanks, the notes, Tom. we'll include the link to the Facebook group. We'll include the link to Herb's page. And we'll also include a link to the book. So you can find it on Amazon and you can order yours. Herb, thank you so much for everything that you do for the Widower Brothers. And um, if you liked what you heard today, please hit the like button, subscribe to stay up to date. And until next time, my growth warriors, keep growing.